Mark Twain, the, uh, the American writer and humorist, is one of the very few people in history who was lucky or maybe unlucky enough to be able to comment on newspaper reports of his own death. In 1897, uh, an English journalist from the New York uh, Journal contacted Mark Twain to inquire whether the rumours that he was gravely ill or possibly even dead were true. And Mark Twain wrote a response that was then published uh, on June the 2nd in the New York Journal as part of an article. And the article ran like this. Mark Twain was undecided whether to be more amused or annoyed when a journal representative informed him today of the report in New York that he was dying in poverty in London. The great humorist, while not perhaps very robust, is in the best of health. He said, I can understand perfectly how the report of my illness got about. I have even heard on good authority that I was dead. James Ross Clemens, a cousin of mine, was seriously ill two or three weeks ago in London, but is well now. The report of my illness grew out of his illness. The report of my death was an exaggeration. Now, maybe as we come uh, to church on Easter Sunday, uh, it's a day that, that obviously we celebrate every year. It's a day where you read the passages and you know the story. But maybe that's how you see Jesus' death, as an exaggeration. As we read the accounts on Good Friday, the story of the, the spear in his side, the, the closed tomb, they'd argue against that viewpoint, wouldn't they? But maybe that's how you see the reports of Jesus' death and resurrection, as an exaggeration. Or maybe you see the resurrection as something important, a day to be grasped and celebrated, but you're not quite sure why. Or maybe this morning you're here to really celebrate and give praise and thanks to God for the resurrection of Jesus. But we're going to look at the passage that Dara read for us, and we're going to look into it and see why what Jesus has to say to his friend Martha on the road there near Bethany is really important and how it points forward to the day that he rises from the dead on Easter Sunday. And so as we just come to look at these verses in a bit more detail, let's spend a moment in prayer. Father God, we thank you again that we've got this time just to set apart, um, to spend time just reading your word. And Father, as we do that, just pray that you'd help us to understand. Understand what it is that you have to say to us through the words of Jesus recorded for us this morning. And Lord, I pray that you would help me to explain clearly the message that you have for everybody in this room this morning. Whether we think the resurrection was an exaggeration or whether we think it's true and we're here to celebrate um, there's a message in these verses for all of us. And Lord, I just pray that you'd help us all to see how great the resurrection of Jesus is, how true it is, and why it's so important to us, Lord. And so I just pray that you'd, you'd open our hearts, open our ears, open our minds to hear from you this morning. Amen. 
So if you've got your Bibles, then uh, if you wouldn't mind opening them again to uh, John chapter 11, and you'll be able to follow along as we go through uh, these verses. And at the start of the passage that Dara read for us, um, in, in verse 17, you need a little, bit of, a little bit of context, a little bit of background to help you understand what's going on uh, in the story. Now when Jesus came, he found Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. So what's going on there? Well, Jesus' friends, Mary and Martha, who uh, appear elsewhere in, in uh, the New Testament, in Luke chapter 10, they have sent for Jesus. They've sent to him to bring him to, to their home because their brother, Lazarus, at the start of chapter 11, is gravely ill. He's sick uh, and dying. And so they send, send messages to Jesus and Jesus stays put. He stays where he is for a little while. And then, at the start of the, the passage that Dara read for us, Jesus is coming now to Bethany, to where Martha and Mary live. And as John tells us, at this point, Lazarus is dead. And he says that Lazarus has been in the tomb for four days. Now, some, some thinking that that means, that symbolises that Lazarus is beyond any hope or help. He is well and truly dead. There's no, there's no getting around it. He's not coming out of that grave by himself. And we read that Bethany, this village that's outside Jerusalem, is in deep mourning for Lazarus. Many people even have come down from Jerusalem to join in that mourning, to fully participate in the mourning and the grieving that is going on for Lazarus and because he's died. And so Martha, we read in verse 20, has come out onto the road to meet Jesus. She hears that he's coming and she goes out on the road to meet him. And this is consistent with what we read of their characters, the two sisters' characters, when we read Luke chapter 10. Martha is a bit more... Uh, a bit more of a doer. She's got that get up and go about her. Mary is the one who stays put and stays at home. So Martha comes out along the road to meet Jesus. And she speaks to him. Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. Now there's a couple of things going on there, aren't there? It could be seen as a little bit of a, a, little bit of a, a telling off to Jesus. Come on. We sent for you and you waited if, you, if you'd been here, you could have healed my brother. But also, Martha is looking to Jesus, even as she grieves, even as she mourns the loss of her brother. She's looking to Jesus as a source of hope, as a source of life. If you'd been here, my brother could have been healed. You would have healed him. There's a story told of a, of a poet Paul Dunbar. And when he died, his mum kept the room that he'd used in writing his poems exactly as it had been. She kept it as a shrine. She didn't move anything to the point that she left the curtains exactly as they had been, the papers on the table as they had been. When she then died, years later, Paul Dunbar's friends discovered that his final poem had been lost because the sun 
beating down onto the table, had bleached away the ink on the paper that he'd written that final poem on. You see, when we grieve, we can just sit and we can do nothing. We can leave things as they are. But here, Martha is looking. She is looking for hope, looking for life. And where does she look? She looks to Jesus. She looks to Jesus, even in the loss of her brother. She knows that Jesus could have healed Lazarus. And she reaches out. And she says to Jesus, even now, even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And that's reinforced at the end of the passage, where she says, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ. I believe in you. I believe that you can do these things. I believe that God will answer your prayer. So that's the situation. Jesus has come along the road to Bethany. Martha meets him. And then, I'm going to skip a couple of verses that we'll come back to. But then we get this amazing statement that Jesus says to Martha in verses 25 and 26. Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. I, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Martha has come to Jesus in mourning saying to Jesus, you could have healed my brother. And Jesus says, I, I am the resurrection and the life. She is looking for hope. She's looking for life. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection. I can bring your brother back from the dead, both physically and spiritually. And I am the life. And Jesus doesn't say, I'm the resurrection and I give you life. I am the resurrection. I am the life. There is no resurrection or life outside of Jesus. I am the resurrection and the life. We've already spoken this morning that we need that resurrection, that restoration, that delivering that Jesus is offering here to be reconciled to God. Because we know that we have turned away from him. We know that there are times in our lives when we've put our backs to God. When we've sinned. And here, Jesus is offering that resurrection. Reconciliation, restoration, deliverance into new life, eternal new life in the kingdom of God, the product of resurrection in Jesus. And as Martha comes to Jesus, she's looking for hope. She's looking to be satisfied because her brother has died. She needs that hope. 
She needs to be satisfied. And here Jesus says, I am the resurrection. I am the life. Jesus is talking about looking to the future, an indestructible life at the resurrection. The very life of God that goes on forever and ever and ever. We see the gift of this life through the love of God, giving the gift of of himself in his son. And that's why we're here this morning, isn't it? Because Good Friday, that son, Jesus, who says, I am the resurrection and the life, goes to die on the cross. And then we celebrate on Easter Sunday morning the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. John Piper uh, wrote about these verses. As Jesus says these words to Martha, in his love for his friend, Jesus says, Martha, I am what Lazarus needs, even though he's in that grave for four days. Even though he is beyond hope and help, I am what he needs. And I am what you need, Martha, as you've come to me on the road. I am the arrival of the day that you believe is going to come in the future. And I'm showing you now my power and my glory. So as Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life, he says to Martha, here I am, showing you my power and glory. Right now, I am what you need. And I'm going to be what you need, most of all, for the rest of your life. Jesus is inviting Martha to radically change, radically reshape her hope, change how she views the world, how she views the future. Look again at verses um, 23 and 24, which we skipped over just before. Jesus says to Martha, your brother will rise again. And Martha says to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Martha believes with, alongside the Jews of her time that there's going to be this last day that comes where, a re- where the resurrection happens. And she's looking for that, looking forward to it. And so her hope is Lazarus is going to be raised on that day when God's Messiah comes. And Jesus is inviting her now to notice, to realise that God's Messiah is here, standing right in front of her, on the road to Bethany, talking to her. So he invites her to switch her viewpoint from Lazarus is going to be raised on that future day when God's Messiah comes, to the kingdom of God is here, in front of you, in Jesus. Jesus invites her to recognise that and to acknowledge it. Do you believe this? Do you believe that this resurrection, the promised life, the salvation of God is here in Jesus as her ultimate hope, as my ultimate hope and your 
ultimate hope as well. Jesus says to her, whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. We recognise, don't we, that there is physical death. We mourn when people die. But Jesus is saying here, whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Death is defeated, isn't it? As we as we've sung, as we've prayed this morning. But there is still that physical death. There is just no no death of hope. Because Jesus is raised from the dead. And so our hope, which lies in Jesus, is eternal. Death is defeated. Sin and shame are conquered. Everyone who believes in me and lives shall never die. For those of us who believe in Jesus, we can celebrate that the kingdom of God is here in Jesus. And we who put our belief in Jesus, our faith, our hope in Jesus, can celebrate that we've in some way entered it now and that we will enter it fully on the last day when Jesus comes again. And so Jesus challenges Martha again. Do you believe this? And what does she say to him? Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. And so that challenge that Jesus brings to Martha is the challenge for us this morning. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? And how do we respond? Maybe this morning you've never said, yes, Lord. I believe. But Jesus, as we've come this morning to celebrate his resurrection from the dead, went to the cross on Good Friday, as Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18, to suffer once for our sins, to pay the price of those sins. The righteous, the one who didn't deserve to die, for the unrighteous for me, who did deserve to die. That he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. If you've never said, yes, Lord, I believe, Jesus asks you this morning, do you believe this? He is the resurrection and the life. He's the only way to come into a relationship with God. And maybe this morning is the morning that you want to respond, yes, Lord, I believe. And if you do, then maybe talk to Dara or Jason or myself afterwards and we can, we can talk to you about that. Maybe this morning you're mourning like Martha was mourning. Maybe it's not grieving the loss of a family member. Maybe it's, as we prayed earlier, some physical or emotional grief or mourning. But Martha 
is a great example for us if that's our state, isn't she? She goes out along the road to meet with Jesus. She goes and talks to him. And Jesus comforts her with his words as she stops to listen. Maybe you need this morning to spend that time meeting with Jesus. Laying your grief, physical or emotional, before Jesus and listen to his words of comfort. I am the resurrection and the life. Or maybe you need to readopt the stance that Jesus has given you new life and new hope. Maybe it is that you need to be challenged, as Martha was challenged, to, to reshape and readopt that, that stance that Jesus is your resurrection and your life, your hope, that there is no other. There is no resurrection or life without Jesus. Maybe you need to, to readopt that stance as we start to see life, to, that full life today and look forward to that full life that we're promised in heaven. Maybe something else has crept in and you've been leaning on that to give you hope and a hope that will fade, not a hope that is kept in heaven. For me, I know it's all too easy for for my job, my career to be the thing that I lean on, or, or maybe my health and, and how my body performs to be the thing that gives me hope and gives me strength. And I need that reminder so often that, that it's Jesus where my hope lies, where my, where my new life lies. As Dara read Psalm 34, it opened with, Bless the Lord. I bless the Lord at all times. And Peter again, in 1 Peter chapter 1, writes, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's what we're here to celebrate this morning. The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That as we put our belief in Jesus. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Causes us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And maybe it's that that you need to refocus on, recenter on this morning. That it's only through the resurrection of Jesus that we have that living hope, imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for us. Or maybe you're just here to worship and praise and give thanks to God this morning because Jesus is raised from the dead. And that's where your hope is. And so as we close the sermon, let's just pray together. And we're going to celebrate using the words of um, a poem that uh, the 7th century monk John of Damascus wrote. And so we'll pray these words 
and use them to praise and worship and thank the Lord. Thank God for the resurrection of Jesus and that he is our resurrection and our life. Let's pray. The day of resurrection, earth, tell it out abroad. The Passover of gladness, the Passover of God. From death to life eternal, from this world to the sky, our Christ has brought us over with hymns of victory. Now let the heavens be joyful, let earth her song begin. Let the round world keep triumph, and all that there is therein. Let all things seen and unseen, their notes in gladness blend. For Christ the Lord has risen, a joy that has no end.